previously on the prompt. Uh, oh God, I'm go- I'm going to Justin Bieber's concert. Welcome to the prompt, a weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. Hello, this is episode three, and it is July third, two thousand and thirteen. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Stephen Hackett and Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, guys. Hey there. How you doing, gentlemen? Good. I'm doing good, yeah. Third time's a charm, as they say, right? You know, I'm proud of you, Mike. There were a lot of um, words that started with the TH in that intro, and you... I think you made it through. It's part of an ongoing commitment I have to the American Epis- people. Um, episode free. Instead of saying episode free, it's July 3rd, 2013, which basically we've lost all of our listeners now. So, uh, there you go. Right, so it's an ongoing commitment I have to, to pronounce my THs correctly. Yeah. So, can we talk about something we did incorrectly? Follow up. Yeah. Is it something else you did it's incorrectly? It's mostly, I, I mostly like, me. I feel like follow up for the, is like just going to be you correcting Myself. your past transgressions every it's, week. Um, and my accent. No, nobody corrects that. It's my... Because um, that yeah. is correct. It's my my time of confession. So, forgive me, fathers, for I have sinned. Um, last week we talked about the uh, Steve Jobs uh, movie, and I <laughs> uh, actually went back and re-listened to actually um, listen to myself say it. Uh, I had incorrectly stated that this movie would have three acts in it, and it'd be about the Apple II, uh, the Mac... I mean, the iPod or something. Anyways, I got it completely wrong. Uh, the Steve Jobs movie that Aaron Sorkin of West Wing and uh, he did the Facebook movie, whose name I can't remember, and uh, the newsroom on HBO. Uh, he's doing a Steve Jobs movie. That movie has three acts, three scenes in it, and it is uh, the Mac, the iPod, and the iPhone. So I got the wrong movie. And the uh, three products wrong as well. <laughs> so home run, I think, is what they call that in American yes. sports. So uh, thank you uh, to Joe, whose last name I can't pronounce, um, for sending that in. I think it's Kayati. That sounds right. There's a lot of vowels in there. Yeah, it's that, like an alphabet soup. That seems like Italian. Is it? Where is he from? Let's see. We're all clicking to find out where Joe is from. Uh, I don't know, maybe you Americans will be like Joe Cagliari. Joe is from Queens. Something. Yeah, so he could have a uh, Italian yeah. heritage. Um, yeah, but it's Cagliari. Cagliari. Cagliari, yeah. Cagliari. We also have uh, some follow-up about uh, Federico's homeland. What did I do this well, time? Uh, is this follow-up it, no, or is this just, just a uh, topic? It's just an excuse to talk about Federico. Ah, uh, so you sent this, this <laughs> okay. New York Times article to us, the, I guess, yesterday or two days ago. And um, oh, yes. the headline is, when Italians chat, hands and fingers do the talking. And apparently oh, you, yeah. uh, you're you a very passionate people. And that comes out by waving your hands around as you talk. So the question is, mm-hmm. the yeah. question I have, and I think the question the listeners have, is do you... Do you talk with your hands a lot, and do you do it on the podcast with us, even though you're in a room by yourself? No, you don't want to know what I do here. 
<laughs> yeah, but yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, it's just natural, I guess. Um, you know, kind of. I'm gesturing right now, and uh, and uh, to me, it's it, it's it's strange to think about the fact that you guys, uh, I don't know, maybe stand completely still with your arms down your body when you talk. I don't know. Incorrect. And I, I am going to be putting in the show notes photographic evidence. Of me you, should, of, you should put a gif of your of your gesturing. Basically, what what we have is, and I'm putting it in the doc now so you both can see it, um, is a picture of me in a very nice suit giving a speech at my brother's wedding, um, and you will see me. That is a nice suit. Look at make, you making hand and shoulder gestures, the whole thing. And I have more pictures, but I'll put one of them in the show notes so you can see me making many gestures whilst talking. Do you see this, Federico? Do you see? Oh yeah, see. Let let me see this photo. So you can see that it is not just the Italian people who gesture; it's maybe also all European people. Uh, I. Oh yeah, but uh, that's a nice photo. I I guess that what the Times is saying is that um, we really have a, a whole uh, dictionary of gestures, and depending on on the on the areas of Italy that you that you visit, you're gonna see different types of gestures. So, for for instance, uh, the Times mention mentions uh, Naples, mm-hmm. and you know all all the traditional gestures they have. For uh, I remember the the article said, um, "What do you mean?" Or uh, I don't know. Rem- it mentions other kinds of gestures, and and I guess what they're saying is that we are really, uh, we really go over the top sometimes with with the gesturing, and and I, and I kind of can see that point, uh, but uh, I I I guess I, I'm just uh, I can't imagine uh, somebody not doing it. So it, it'd be nice to. Uh, to talk to an American because I, I never really I never really met one of you uh, one of you guys in person uh, both of you and, and my co-workers so uh, I, I cannot imagine how somebody could just you know stand motionless while talking I mean I, I don't I don't stand motionless while talking I think I use I mean Mike you can attest to this we've spent you know a good bit of time together I think I talk with my hands um I do find myself talking with my hands more while I record. And I was thinking about this uh, when, after I read this article about maybe why I do that. And I think the reason is I try to be very um, exact. Like I try to uh, overemphasize my tone of voice when I speak on the show. When I speak in real life, it's, it's much more monotone than what I do here. And I do that. Uh, I guess to make sure that what I'm saying gets across. And so I do talk with my hands more when I'm recording. However, I have also put an image in the show notes of the character Andy Bernard from the American version of The Office dancing as he gets on an elevator. I do not do that. Uh, but in my head, that's how Feder- Federico uh, leaves his doctor office. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So. Yeah. Italian lifts are like a minefield because everybody's doing that, you know. Or, or uh, elevators. Go up box, say. I think is what you call it. Um, so, you know, once again, we, we are the uh, the United Nations of 5x5, five five, and I think it's good that we talk about these things. I feel like it's going to be a uh, running thing. Now. That's fine. Uh, the la- 
yeah, I still ha I still have to understand what's the difference between uh, what was in Mike uh, Great Britain and England and where where you're from. Yeah, um, Great Britain, England, the United Kingdom. United Kingdom, yeah, uh, yeah. I just didn't. Uh, I never managed to to uh, you know sit down and and read the differences. So pardon my ignorance. I love the way you say things. <clears throat> are you guys are you guys done? So you sound you sound Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um just me and me and Mike get, you know, on this kind of discussions about my accent because apparently he, he really likes it. So uh, I'm do. glad you do, Mike. I do. I, everybody does. I, yeah, I'm but sure. you seem especially a fan. Okay, so thanks, man. So we have some more follow-up? We do. Um, yesterday, Federico, you went on to the Twitter and asked uh, the listeners if we had any questions. And uh, we've picked one. I think it's something that we're going to start doing. Um, and so we spoke, I think it was the first episode, episode one, about uh, iOS, iOS 7 and OS 10. And we've spoken some about um, like OS 10 didn't get the redesign iOS guy. And I, I've written some about that. And uh, so uh, Steve Uffelman on Twitter asked um, uh, f to, to hear us discuss how Apple resolves the growing UI inconsistencies between iOS 7 and OS 10. And, and he frames it as, do we think a Mac UI overhaul is coming? Now we discussed... Can, do, you mind if I, so do you mind if I jump in? No, no go, go right ahead, my good friend. I've been thinking about this, like especially after last week's episode and reading your piece on it that that we spoke about um i don't know if i don't know if it's needed like these two operating systems don't have to look the same um they run on totally different machines with totally different screen sizes and stuff like i don't need my mac to look like my iphone um and i feel that some of the things that they've done to try and bridge that gap of things that I don't like, like Launchpad and yeah. stuff. So I'm kind of happy with them looking different. I mean, you know, you might want to see, like, I don't know, like a consistency in icons. But aside from that, I'm cool. Like, I don't I don't feel like I need um, Mac OS X to be redesigned to, look, to be more transparent and look like Windows Vista or something. Yeah, and I would even go as far to say that I wish there would be more differences even between the iPhone and the iPad. That a lot of the designs that, that obviously were iPhone first feel stretched and don't really feel like they take advantage of the iPad's different form factor. But even form factor aside, I think uh, a huge part of it is that one operating system is built for touch and the other is not. And so things like the way buttons work, you know, you couldn't really have like a drop down menu on iOS. Um, at least that would be it would feel natural. So I think there's some very fundamental differences that keep the design different. Um, you know, now do we do we think that you know light text and lots of white space and you know translucent glass could come to OS 10? Sure, um, but I think the the overall like the structure and the way things work will, will remain independent for a long, long time. Yeah, this is something that I also that I also mentioned in the in the in the previous episode, and I, I don't think that it's necessary to to 
to achieve perfect parity between between the two operating systems and especially the new uh the new stuff of ios 7 like the physics engine or the or the parallax effect or the or the the fact that the the entire os seems to be heavily based upon how you hold and and move a device and how you you touch it and and i see that being very difficult to bring over to the yeah, mac you, you don't like you don't like cradle your iMac in your arms y- and move it yeah you you don't you don't want to hug your iMac and and move it around <laughs> so I, I guess i guess what 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 apple needs to do in my opinion is to to continue down the road of familiarity between the between applications and between the overall way of interacting with with, with an app like with reminders for example you want users to to be able to say oh yeah this is the same app i i kind of know how this works so let me just let me just try it so you want people n- to not be afraid of of moving from an iphone to an ipad and to a mac possibly and uh but i think that it's also true on the other hand that ios 7 is a major departure from the from the kind of from the kind of level of consistency that they had achieved with uh, with with iOS six and, and Mountain Lion, so uh, it'll be in, it'll be interesting to see if if uh, come this fall, w- Mavericks will will get more uh, facelifts in 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 Apple applications because I haven't tried the new OS yet, but I'm hearing that some apps mm, still look the same and and clearly there is work to do so. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is definitely an, uh, a topic that really interests all three of us, and uh, we will be uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it for you. So, Mike, Michael, Michael, Michael. <laughs> you're that, was that your cruddy Batman voice? Uh, do says the man with one accent. Um, hey. I see what you did there. Uh, mm-hmm. Do we want to take a break and talk about something awesome? Always. Squarespace.com. They give you absolutely everything that you need to make an amazing website. With Squarespace, they give you a fully hosted, completely managed system environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website blogger portfolio. It doesn't matter how experienced you are when it comes to putting websites on the internet. Because with Squarespace, you can build something amazing in just minutes. You don't have to worry about hosting, scaling, design, integrating with social services, finding apps, looking at analytics, even registering domain names. Because Squarespace can give you all of this in one amazing package. That's what I love about Squarespace. I don't have to worry about searching and scouring the internet and looking and googling things. I don't understand them. I have it all built in with Squarespace. They have beautiful themes. They feature responsive web design right out of the box. So your site is going to look fantastic no matter what device people are looking at it from. They have really great structure. So you don't have to worry about you know SEO because they take care of all of that. That's some nasty stuff. People don't like it. You don't have to worry about it. They have statistics built right in. They have real-time analytics. They're built right into Squarespace. So you can view these to see who's coming to your site. You can get all of that information, what people are searching for, how they're coming to you. They even have iOS and Android apps that let you view these, manage your site, and post on the go, too. Squarespace Commerce. 
It's a system of, you can, of which you can add a fully integrated store into your website. You can instantly start accepting payments, manage your inventory for selling physical or even digital goods. You can process customer orders and so much more. I love Squarespace. I think that you will too. If you have a project, maybe you have a friend or a family member that has a project they want to put online, Squarespace is so simple and it's all in one package. Go to squarespace.com to find out more and you can sign up for a free trial. Squarespace plans start at $10 a month and we have a new offer code for you so you can get 10% off your first order. Are you ready, gentlemen? This is an amazing thing. I'm ready. Our new offer code is TallyHo7. TallyHo? No, that is exact. Oh, well done. I practiced it literally for hours. Good. It's T A L Y H O seven. Tally ho seven. So go check out Squarespace because they really understand me and they give you absolutely everything that you need to make an amazing website. Federico. Yeah, I'm here. Hi. And I want to ask you something. Please. Uh, I want to ask you guys if you remember the day when you got your first iPhone. Six years ago. I do. That doesn't... I mean, when when people were posting about this the other day, I was surprised that it's been six years. Like, I know that it has, but it surprises me that it has. Well, Federico, do you not remember yours? Like, was that a loaded question? Like, do you guys remember yours because I was drunk out of my mind? (laughs) I wasn't drunk. That's good. Uh, I don't remember mine because, um, because I didn't get an iPhone on day one because I live in Italy and because we didn't get one. Right. Because Apple forgot about us. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I did get uh, an iPod Touch when it came out. Uh, I guess it was September, o- October 2007, mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, let me start from the top. Basically, um, back then... Uh, I was working uh, at an eBay store. So, have you guys ever watched the movie uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that, that was basically my, my role, <laughs> except, uh, I guess, the, the, the 40-Year-Old <laughs> part. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Lisa, I'm serious. So, um, I was doing my job. <clears throat> I was doing my job. And... Uh, and basically, my boss uh, came to me uh, and said, Oh, Federico, you know, uh, I want to get an iPhone. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And, and he says, uh, we should buy on eBay. <laughs> you know, because, because, you know, we were managing a whole store. So, so, so he had the brilliant idea of buying a U.S iPhone on eBay because apparently he said he, he had read somewhere on the internet on some forums I don't know that he could unlock the iPhone and use it on an Italian carrier so uh, we found we we found this guy from uh, from the northern part of Italy and he buys an iPhone uh, and it was a, a I guess a, an eight gigabyte version. Or maybe the four gigabyte. I don't, don't remember. Maybe no. Maybe the, the the eight one. And and obviously this this phone came locked and and he couldn't use it. So basically uh, he starts asking me to 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 find a way to to unlock it because he was like you know 
I don't know how to use computers, and and, and I was, <laughs> and I was the guy in charge of of doing the old computer nerd part. So, so the, the guy like, who so, who runs the eBay store doesn't yeah, know how to use computers. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, I guess uh, another story. So yeah, that that, that was that was the, the, the that was it. So uh, it's like you know you gotta find a way to 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 make this thing work. So. Uh, Basically, instead of working, uh, I found the solution, which back then was some weird hack. Uh, I don't remember the name. So basically, that involved uh, a, a, an initial version of jailbreaking your phone and unlocking uh, the phone to use an Italian SIM card. So um, I unlocked the phone and I start playing with it and, and I remember I was totally blown away by 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 the by the software and by the, uh, just how the thing worked because uh, I was using an old Nokia phone uh, and, and and I remember the moment that uh, the moment I I turned the phone on and, and started using it it was so new uh, uh, I knew I wanted one but I couldn't I couldn't get it because uh, I didn't have money enough money saved back then to 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 afford one and uh, of course the prices on ebay were totally crazy mm-hmm. so a few months pass and, and i'm and i'm kind of you know asking my boss hey can i use your phone and so i'm constantly trying to check in to to, to check out you know the first apps that came with uh, i guess there was a, a an installer for jailbreakers uh, because there was no app store of course so a few months pass, uh, and the iPod Touch come, comes out, and um, and uh, I go to my to my parents and I say, you know, it's mom, it's Christmas in a few months. <laughs> so can you can you? Can <laughs> there's a holiday sometime can, in can this you, year. <laughs> there's a holiday, at least the calendar say so. So can you guys buy me an iPod Touch? And sure thing, I get an iPod Touch. Uh, and that was, I guess, my first iOS device, which I still have. I, I haven't sold it. And, um, and uh, I started Mac Stories after, I guess, a year. Yeah, after a year, I started the website. And, uh, and then I got fired. And, uh, and, and, but before getting fired, I made sure I could buy my boss iPhone. <laughs> so, so yeah, I got a I got a nice takeaway from that, and um, uh, I I I bought his iPhone, and 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 the guy didn't even delete his photos, so I had to I had to fire up the the camera app and 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 select all the photos he had taken off, but you know let's not get in in details. Mm-hmm. So um, wait, did you buy this from Sylvia? <laughs> no, honest. What? Never mind. No, I, I was saying he, he, no. Seriously, he just took a bunch of photos of cars and and maybe some some panoramas of 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 lakes. I don't remember. So yeah, I got his iPhone, and then I have an iPhone and an iPod Touch, and um, and so yeah, that was it. And uh, and then in two thousand and nine, I, I bought a 3GS, and then you know the rest is history. The iPhone four, four S, and iPhone five. Yeah, I um. You know, Mike, you and I have talked about your uh, your Genesis story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very similar to Federico's, right? Because in the UK, the iPod Touch came out uh, before the phone, right? 
Yeah, so the phone came out in November of 2007. Um, and I think, when was it in the in the U.S.? Uh, it was June 29th. Because it was just, the six-year anniversary yes. was last, this over the weekend. So we had to wait until November. And, I mean, I feel like the story has maybe been romanticized a little bit by me. Like, it's been exaggerated over time. But <laughs> the iPod Touch was being released at, in the U.S. Um, I think in, like... I think it was released in like October. Yeah, I mean, not to romanticize it, but it, it literally changed your life in every possible way. Well, it's more that <laughs> yes, well, obviously. That. <laughs> and you but, bought the uh, very first one was, in the UK. Uh, no, I didn't. But the iPod Touch was coming out slightly before um, in the US, but it was going to be initially. My memory tells me it was going to be launching on the same time as the iPhone in the UK, and then I was in London. Um, on the re- on the American release day of the iPod Touch, and I was walking past the Apple Store, and there was literally a crowd of people around a table which had cardboard boxes on it, and they were selling iPod Touches. They had them in the Regent Street store, so I ran in and bought an iPod Touch, and I fell in love with it. It was amazing because I had wanted, uh, you know, I was still waiting for an iPhone when everyone in America had iPhones. And I was still waiting for one, and I was able to get an iPod Touch and got familiar with iOS. And then as soon, and I bought um, a four gigabyte um, iPhone on launch day in the UK, which was in November of two thousand and seven. Uh, and I had to, I was in the store for two and a half hours because the entire system crashed across the United Kingdom for the carrier O2 because they launched. That where they just started taking sales at exactly the same time across the entire country. Right. So. Yeah, I um, I mean, obviously, it was a lot, a lot closer to it, um, being here in the states. But I, I did work at our at the Apple Store when, um, the iPhone launched. I was there that day. Uh, it was insane. Um, I don't know how many we sold, but it was, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not. I don't think it was thousands, but hundreds of hundreds of phones. Uh, we did not run out on launch night, but of course, uh, it was uh, greatly constrained most of the summer, which is why it was late coming overseas. They literally were selling them as fast as they could make them. Um, Apple gave uh, retail employees uh, eight gigabyte models. Uh, however, I was not eligible for that uh, you had to have been full-time for like a year and i was full-time for like 11 months and uh my manager tried getting me one but it didn't work out so i, I ended up buying one a couple weeks um after launch i bought a uh, the four gig obviously on at&t uh but my first interaction was at the store before we opened and i just remember turning this device over in my hand and uh, even to this day, I still think the original iPhone probably feels feels the best in your hand. Like it's really, um, it's really love the construction and the, and the hardware on that thing. I really wish I still had mine. Yeah, um, but I just remember being so blown away that this little thing ran so smoothly. And of course, you know, compared to today's iPhone, it, it's kind of a joke, but. You know, it was just so beautiful and so rich of an experience. And, you know, you could browse full web pages on this tiny little thing. And um, I just remember staying there thinking, like, this is the future. Like, 
this is one of those moments where the game is 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 changed. Um, and then, like you guys, you know, the rest is history. I've I've owned every single model basically when they've come out. I was a little late to the 3GS, um, but uh, I've owned every single one, and um, I think I will continue to do that in the future. Yeah, I also didn't get 3GS when it launched. I was in a contract for the 3G, yeah, so. I, but I did get it, but it was many Yeah, I was ago. the same way. I ended up getting the 3GS like maybe seven or eight months after it launched, and then um, did the 4, the 4S, and the and the 5 uh, right at launch. Of course, I you know, people who have heard me speak or write before, you know, uh, I would have Verizon carried an Android phone, and, you know, I had a little dark period there for a while, but... Um, ordered the iPhone 4 on Verizon and, and I've been there ever since. But it's really, it's one of those things, like we're, we are really fortunate that we were the right age for this. You know, we were, you know, um, early 20s. I guess maybe you guys are even teenagers, maybe. I don't know how old y'all are. I feel much older than you. I was, I was still a You were like 19? Yeah. And Yeah, I was 19 too. Yeah. Um, so sorry, old oh. man. Um, but like you talk to people who, uh, got their first personal computer in the eighties or who, you know, were on like BBSs in the late eighties and visiting the first websites in the, in the nineties. And we, I look back at that time and like, sometimes I wish I were older. So like, you know, I could like my first personal computer could have been the original Macintosh and like how magical that would have been. But like, we really were like there and and i think in 10 15 20 years whatever the iphone looks like whatever ios looks like um you know we'll be able to remember that first device we had and that first time we turned it on and the first time we slid to unlock and that that beautiful image tracked under our finger perfectly um and that's obviously you know we're obviously romanticizing this um you know the phone was slow edge is terrible you didn't have any third-party apps but it came in a really nice bag at the Apple Store. So there's that. <laughs> yes. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, I think about kids today, and especially high school kids, being able to use an iPhone in the classroom. I mean, you have Wikipedia on, on your phone, and you can check on everything. You can Snapchat in the classroom. I mean, that, 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 that's got to be amazing. <laughs> and, I only had a Nokia phone with, with Bluetooth and maybe a, 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 a primitive web browser. I couldn't even check on the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, Cheating I mean, I was. was much harder. I mean, I was in. Uh, I was in college. I was rapping really towards the end of college. Um, well, the end should have what should have been the end of college if I had done it correctly. Um, I mean, so through college, I used a Newton because I was that guy. You know, I had a, a Palm Trio, which, you know, was very basic. I could sync connects and calendars. I had a very basic web browser if I was on Wi-Fi. And it seemed like just this huge, like, quantum leap forward. And I think, you know, we, we can talk about how people look at Apple and they say, Apple, where is your next big leap? And I don't know. Maybe we'll see it this fall. Maybe we won't. But it's really hard to underestimate, like, how important... 2007 was not only for apple but for you know obviously the smartphone industry but for technology as a whole you know you see this very powerful thing in a very small form factor when I mean, you walk around with this thing in your pocket 
and um, it's just it's really really cool to be there. So good memories, good good times. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My original iPhone kept working until a few months ago, because later, uh, I guess in two thousand and nine, uh, I sold it to a friend of mine, and she kept using it until I guess um, January of this year. And amazingly, it still worked. I mean, she had a uh, she had to put duct tape on it because you know the screen was broken in in a corner, and uh, and I had to uh, to install a, a, a custom firmware. Uh, so it was kind of you know very slow and and uh, and it was ridiculous at at one point because it was literally put together by duct tape. Yeah. But it was still working. It was still registering touches, and it was still, you know, making phone calls. So I guess that's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's really what it did. I mean, it wasn't until um, a year later when you know we got third-party applications. Um, I actually saw somebody. I was in the Apple Store last week, two weeks ago, getting my iPhone five swapped out, and um, there was a guy at at the place like trying his his original iPhone was having problems. I was like, man, you're still carrying that thing. Like, he didn't have it in a case. It was just in his pocket. You know, he pulled it out and said, hey, my phone's having problems. And, of course, the genius is like, uh, we can't really do much with that. I have never seen yeah, this device uh, you before. Don't, you don't get me started. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, the, the, what is this? This is the knockoff. You have brought me a fake Chinese yeah. phone. But, um, I mean, I remember when I first got it, I remember I was doing email, I was doing browsing. Um, and it just felt it felt so futuristic. Uh, and one thing, and this is going to sound like a cheesy transition, and I guess it is, especially since I've now called it out and brought attention to it. Yep. Yep. But one of the things I really remember doing on it was RSS. Like I remember, like using remember, like Google Reader had like a super slow, sort of janky mobile web page, and I would just sit like in my car on my lunch break at the Apple Store, you know, on the store Wi-Fi, and like read RSS. And uh, and now that's dead. So, hey guys, remember Google Reader? What is Google Reader? Exactly. Is that like? Uh, are they doing like a Kindle, like a e-reader? <laughs> oh, Im- imagine if, if they if they if they create a Google Reader app for Google Books. Oh, that 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 would be some nice. Troll, it's like yeah. Apple reusing the iBooks name, like it was the laptop. Oh yeah. And now it's digital books that no one buys. Um, so I wanted to talk about, I mean, we don't have to talk about Google Reader, it's dead, it's, it's been dead for several days now, um, but what are you guys using now? Are you still even paying attention to RSS? Have you filled the gaps, or are you, are you like me, and I'm still struggling to find what I want to do? Like, where are you guys? So, so I made the decision that I was going to go with Feed Wrangler, um, for a few reasons. One, I love David Smith. He is a very, very nice man, and I want to support him and the work that he does. Um, but for me, like, so Feeder Anchor is a little bit slow, but it's got the core of what I want. Um, not all of the apps are supporting it yet. Like, Reader on the iPhone has kind of added it. It just syncs feeds, not like the smart streams that they have. Um, I'm using an app called ReadKit on the Mac, which isn't very good. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm. I want to use um, a service that I am paying for. That's like a big thing for me um, because 
the reason we don't have Google Reader anymore is because they couldn't work out a business model, I guess, or one that at least they thought they were happy with. And my concern is, like, if Google couldn't work out how to monetize a free reading product like this, I'm, I don't think anybody else can. So unless I'm paying for something right now, I'm, I'm kind of not really happy. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stick with, with Feed Wrangler because basically like I might, it might be, you know, I might be, uh, in the wild for a little, for a little bit, but all of the apps that I have previously used and enjoyed have pledged to have Feed Wrangler support in them. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm using the, I use the website at work because I'm not allowed to install apps that I want on my work device. Um, and that's okay. I mean, again, it's, it's a little bit slow, but I know that, that David, David is like updating it and, and trying to optimize. And, um, but, you know, really, as I say at the core, I just want a new syncing mechanism because I want to continue using the apps that I love. Um, but I want to pay for it. So it's less likely to go away. It's really funny. I, I have your, Sorry, it, was, go ahead. it was really funny. I went to go uh, pull the link uh, for the reader application. And the first screenshot is the Mac Stories feed, which is kind of funny. Federico, you're famous. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks, man. No, I'm really not. I'm really not. And uh, I wanted to say that I, I have my same setup. So I have Feed Rango, and, uh, and I'm using Mr. Reader on the iPad, and I'm using Reader on the iPhone, and ReadKit on the Mac. I really I don't like Mr. Reader. You don't? Oh, it's yeah. so it's so hard to look at. Like, it, and and every, and it's not just like the the like the you like the UI design. I find the user experience whenever I've used it to be it just baffles me. Like, I don't understand hmm. what I'm doing. There's so many buttons everywhere. Um, mm. I mean, maybe I should go back and try it again. I've not, I've not tried the most recent version, um, mm. but I mean, I, d- I don't really read a lot of RSS on my on my iPad anyway. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to make two points about what you sh- what you shared about your reading workflow. I think that um, first, I think you meant underscore David Smith. Of course, because that's his real name. It's yeah, not David that- Smith. It's underscore. He answers the underscore. <laughs> and, you just say hey underscore. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, and the second point is a, is a most uh, more serious one. I don't think that Google Reader died because Google couldn't monetize it, and uh, and uh, and this is a bit of follow up to a great post that Marco Armand has, has today about Google Reader, and 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 the death of the service. Sometimes I worry that we like to to use services that have a that have a premium paid plans because we like to to feel good about it and let me explain uh, right now there are a lot of google reader alternatives right there there's there's feedly and there's dig reader and there is a uh, what's the name aol reader and and uh, i'm pretty sure many other services are launching right now while we are recording this <laughs> episode but many of reader. the yeah, many of them are, are free and, and many of them are paid services. But uh, I worry about something like Feed Wrangler, right? Uh, and, and it's the creation of, of, a, of a single indie developer. And, uh, and he's a great guy and he, uh, and he has great plans and he has great vision. But I have to worry what's going what's gonna to happen if, I don't know, 
30,000 people sign up overnight. Can Fried Wrangler, can David Smith, a single guy, handle all that kind of growth? And, uh, and, uh, and so I wonder, is the fact that we are paying a, a subscription enough? Or do we really just want to feel good about, about the services that, 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 that we use? Uh, and, and I guess my, my question is, would have Google kept reader around even if we were paying hundreds of dollars each year and uh, and I don't and I don't think so because in the end what what matters is is a are you able to 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 handle explosive growth and and and, and scaling a service and and handling user requests and 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 bugs and and improvements and b do you care about monetization itself or do you want to to use your free service as a uh, as a strategy for something else and, and in this case google's strategy was to completely shut down google reader to to you know focus on on google plus which i'm pretty sure Ori robert scoble is using but you know <laughs> google google is 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 strange in yeah that no that's that's a really good a good point, and I think it's especially timely right now. Um, I've been using Feed Wrangler. I'm, all, I'm trying. Actually, I've tried all of them. I'm trying to like. I don't think I'm ever, I was going to write like this giant comparison. I don't think I'm going to. But um, like this week, I'm using Feedbin, which is also paid. Also, as far as I can tell, one maybe a handful of developers. I think I think just one. Um, you know, and, and the Feedbin is supported by ReadKit and Reader on the iPhone. And uh, we should say that uh, Reader is coming to the iPad and Mac again. Um, he's promised uh, updates to those applications. So we're kind of in this weird in-between time right now. Um, I've used Feedly, which seems to be kind of the popular... Like, Feed Wrangler is popular amongst, like, Markdown nerds who have linkless blogs. And Feedly is, like the non-Apple nerds, like a lot of people using Feedly because it's free. They cloned the Google Reader API pretty closely, so it works the same way, uh, relatively easy to plug into applications. Uh, they, they do some things I don't like. Um, they don't seem to have a business model, like Mike was saying. Um, I've also used DigReader, which I think is really promising. I think the guys um, uh, over there, you know, they own Instapaper now, they have Dig. I think they have a lot of interesting synergy happening. Uh, which is a super douchey sentence, but um, I think there's a lot of potential all over the place. And one thing I am glad to see is all of these major players um, have uh, have like good import export options, so you can export your feeds back out if you want to move to a different service. And so I don't I don't think the dust has settled for me yet. Um, I do love the reader family of applications. I love it on the iPhone. Uh, I enjoyed it on the iPad and the Mac as well. And so whatever I end up with is the back end. I plan on using Reader um, for my for the GUI for that, you know, for the for the front end. But, you know, I, I don't think it's settled yet. And I, I, for one, want to continue using RSS. Twitter doesn't work for me for this sort of reading. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Time will tell. I think, I think if we check back in in six months... Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we've stayed where we are now. Let, let me ask you. Let me ask you one more question. 
how much would you would you have paid to let Google keep Reader alive, like a subscription? I mean, that's a, that's a that's an interesting question. Most of these things that are out now um, are like twenty bucks a year, maybe. Like, I mean, I don't I, I don't know. Part of it is the psychology of like, do I want to pay Google or do I want to pay underscore David Smith because I know him and he's a nice guy. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm paying now for like 19 services, you know, a couple bucks a month, three bucks a month, and I think I think that's kind of the sweet spot. I think much more than that, and um, you move to something else. Uh, but even at two or three dollars a month, you're going to lose a lot of people. But I'd be willing to pay two to three bucks a month, you know, maybe four if it's really good. A dollar, a dollar. I a think week Google for an RSS service. I think Google, Google Reader's death is the best thing to happen to, to, to this whole market that in, in years, because I mean, we, we've seen so many services and ideas and developers uh, release and ship commercial products in, in just a few months. And it's been amazing to watch. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and like you said, I'm curious to see when the dust settles off, what's going to happen in a few months, maybe this fall or maybe next summer. We'll see if some services won't stick around and who will stick around. So it'll be it'll be it'll be an, an interesting scenario to 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 witness and to watch. Uh, absolutely. Um, we're the. Do we want to talk about um, this East Saint Laurent thing? Huh? The East Saint Laurent CEO. Right. I, I like just hearing do you, you say do, it. Do, do, oh, okay. Do you want to hear my version? Yes. So basically, I, I, I'm a little excited about this because my mom buys these guys, uh, I guess, handbags and watches and whatever they make. So I asked her about the correct pronunciation for the brand. And I'm pretty sure I'm completely wrong here, but I'm just going to try it. So I was told by my Italian mother that the correct way of saying it is... <clears throat> Yves Saint Laurent or something like that Yves yeah. Saint Laurent yeah. Yves Saint Laurent that's yeah. what I attempted yeah, to so say so you're dropping the T but you say Yves yeah it's like uh, Yves Saint Laurent I think it's how you say it yeah probably so, so what's the story here this broke uh, last late last night um, so yeah he, Paul Paul Deneve Deneve Paul um, Deneve he, he has joined as a, a vice president reporting straight to Tim Cook on special projects. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, he actually worked for Apple during the 90s um, in, in the European retail arm. Um, and then he went away, joined the fashion world, uh, became CEO of Yves Saint Laurent, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> is now back at Apple working on a special project. So, Stephen, what do you think... This is special project could be pants. Okay, Apple pants. No, I pants. think. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that this has. Well, I think there are two things that it could be. So I'm not going to answer the question you asked me and answer what I want to answer. Uh, yep. I would love for it to be a watch. It'd be really cool. That's what a lot of people are saying because this guy has worked in fashion and wearable, you know, type things, handbags like um, Mrs. Vitici. Um, but I can't help but think this might, he might have a hand in some sort of retail something. Um, 
you know, a- Apple Retail, they had uh, John Browett, uh, who was the retail chief after Ron Johnson, but he kind of sucked at it, and now he's not there anymore. And, um, of course, Ron Johnson doesn't have a job either. So I don't know. I mean, yes, I think uh, it's probably fashion or wearables or something, but this guy also has, a, has obviously a strong background in retail, and, and maybe there'll be some sort of interplay there. Uh, it could be something as simple as if they do sell a watch, how do you do that in an Apple store? Like, are they going to have a little special little section? Um, you know, so, so I think it's a, I think special projects, quote unquote. I mean, that's sort of a goofy corporate term, but I think it, I think it's, it could be a very large term that it, that reaches over a lot of different things. What do you think, Federica? I think that I want to be made president of special business, if you know what I mean. Didn't we decide that you were going to be called? Um, I've got the tweet. No, here. you said special topics. I want to be sp- president of special business. Oh, like like that's business right there. Yeah, that kind of business. Okay. You should get that on some business cards. So no, uh, <laughs> president of special business. Yeah, that, that's got a nice <laughs> ring to it. Yeah. So um, I think uh, the part about retail. Uh, that you mentioned, Steve, is is uh, is is what I'm thinking too. Because selling a watch, it's not like selling a phone, and, and that sounds obvious. But why? Because when you go buy a phone, uh, may, uh, my guess is that you have a, a, a formed opinion of the kind of device that you that you're going to buy. You you're going to either like the form factor and and the screen, you have an approximate idea of of the device that you're going to put in in your pocket. And uh, and you know, you know, I'm getting maybe a Samsung or I'm getting an iPhone. So I know the screen, I know it's got a button, it's got maybe I want to buy a case, but you know, you're going to a store and you're going to buy a phone that you know, uh, more or less how it's going to fit. But when you're going to buy a watch, you're going to buy something that you're gonna put on your wrist all the time and you're gonna wear it and you're gonna and you're gonna show it in public right so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna buy something that you're putting on your body and of course you wanna you wanna measure it you wanna you know wanna see how it fits and and, and it's a completely different kind of of sales approach and uh, and I uh, and I find it difficult to imagine the kind of training and the kind of the kind of different area of a, of an Apple retail store that, that that Apple would have to set up to to sell these kind of these kinds of devices. Are they gonna Are they gonna I don't know maybe install mirrors to let people see them? You know, wearing a watch. Are they gonna offer Are they gonna offer a variety of colors? Are they gonna Are they gonna I don't know maybe build an online uh, try it out yourself kind of thing and um but i think that another point that this new uh this new guy makes me think of is um with the first iphone i think maybe apple was going for the for the you know geeky apple fan base market you know apple is making a phone so all the apple aficionados are gonna are gonna buy the phone and then of course the iphone exploded and everyone is buying an iphone but with with the watch uh, and hiring this guy could it be that maybe apple knows from from the start that they're going after everyone after normal people and and i would say yeah of course because apple is now a, a completely different company 
from the one they were six yeah. years ago. So, of course, hiring a guy from a fashionable uh, brand in, in France, it, it, it makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I think, again, echoing what you guys have said, and, and also, like, the Apple design team, you know, they know how to make software and they know how to make hardware. Um, but something that you wear carries with it different different things and they might want somebody who understands fashion as well when they're trying to inform the design of a wearable computing item. Yeah, and let me, uh, let me add one more thing. Uh, today you can see kids any age using maybe an iPad or an iPod Touch or an iPhone and uh, are we gonna see children using iWatches? I find that I find that kind of difficult to imagine, but hey, it could be anything. I mean, it's Apple, it's it's Johnny Ive, it's Tim Cook, so um, anything could happen, right? Yeah, I mean, it could be it could be all sorts of stuff. And I liked what you said about it, and I watch the market for that and the audience for that. And one thing that you know, people, including myself, have have argued against an Apple Television set, you know, the idea that if you don't upgrade that very often and they might have the same problem with a watch like i'm gonna buy a new iphone every year because i'm insane but um you know with a, with a watch if you're not going to buy it so often that they, they want to make it an experience and they want to make it something of value that, that you keep and i can really see apple wanting to class that up a little bit like you're not going to buy an iWatch in best buy like I, it's not going to happen um i think they would eventually I mean, yeah maybe i don't but. think they're gonna sell this like it's a watch they're gonna set it like it's a computer you have on your wrist and we'll we'll have a new version every year like they do other devices that's the way that i see it like and the reason it's different than a tv purchase is because tv purchases are bigger and more expensive and the technology doesn't move along too fast um but i i think that a, a, a we're calling it a watch, but people won't necessarily think of them as watches. They will be like wrist computers that can tell you the time. Yes, and and I think that that Apple really wants to, you know, to quote to quote Don Draper from Mad Men. They want to change the conversation. They don't wanna. They don't wanna put it like, um, you know, we're selling a watch and you're gonna have to buy a watch every year. Uh, I guess that there, it would be something completely based on on the on the current concept idea of a watch but also new in a way that it wouldn't be absurd to think that i'm gonna change it every year so you know looking back at the, at the days before the iphone which you know kind of connecting to the topic that we were discussing before uh, i couldn't i just couldn't imagine getting a new nokia phone or a new i don't know whoever was making phones back then getting a, a new a new phone every year it, it would have been crazy my, my parents would have killed me and uh but after the iphone it, it, it makes complete sense i mean it, it's nowadays it's strange when you don't get the new phone <laughs> people are gonna be like oh you didn't get the new one are you crazy why yeah. <laughs> so yeah i think if the, if they're gonna do the watch thing and uh, they will do it in a way that it it will remind you of a, of a of a watch the way the iPhone reminds you of a phone, which is basically down to zero mm. today. So, Chichi, you've got something special for us to finish the show, right? 
I told you I'm I'm president of special business, so of course I do have something for you guys. So this is this is what we're calling like a teachy tip, right? And this is a thing that we will do from time to time. And uh, what have you got for us, Federico? Tips of teachy. Today I've got something for uh, Google Chrome users on the Mac. So uh, I used to be a Safari user. Uh, but then I just couldn't stand the fact that Safari would constantly, you know, <laughs> crash, lose, op- lose open tabs. You, get tired you, you of guys know terrible. the story, nah? Yeah. I got tired of, you know, just having to scream at my computer. So <laughs> I switched like to Google commercial. Chrome. <laughs> but when I switched... But when I switch, and I'm telling this with, with such an excitement, and I'm gesturing right now. Um, such, such a pity that you can't see me. So I switched to Google Chrome. And I, but I, as soon as I, you know, imported my bookmarks, I noticed one thing, that I, I couldn't use the shortcuts to activate a bookmark with command and a number. So in Safari, the, your first bookmark can be can be launched by you know hitting command one and command two and command three, etc. So uh, I want a way to replicate that kind of functionality, and I came up with two ways. There is an easy one, and there is the pro one. The easy one is the is a is a solution that invo- involves Keyboard Maestro, which uh, I assume. Our listeners are familiar with it's a it's an application to build macros for for the Mac, and it lets you automate all sorts of things. And um, I'm sure we can have some nice links in the show notes. So the the easy way is to is to open Keyboard Maestro and to create a one action macro that says you're gonna open Google Chrome, and you're gonna click for me the bookmark name, and you're gonna associate this kind of automation with a keyboard shortcut and you're done and uh, i will share a link to the macro it's really simple it's really easy to set up but of course you need keyboard master the pro way uh and i'm really pro is a bit of a joke because i mean it's based on apple script so pro maybe is an exaggeration but anyway uh apple script is universal so you can use it with or without Keyboard Maestro, you can use it with Alfred, you can you can use it with LaunchBar, you can use it with whatever you want. I mean, you can build an Apple script and save it as, a, as an app and, 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 and you don't need any launcher. The Apple script basically uses uh, interface scripting, which is not a nice way to, to automate a Mac because, well, first off, it depends on the on the on the language that you have set up on your on your device because you're telling apple script to to simulate the 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 process of clicking items on the screen but of course if those items aren't in english you're gonna have to change this the script that i'm gonna that i'm gonna put in the show notes so keep in mind that and uh and the second the second point is that uh you're gonna have to 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 remember if you're using folders in your bookmarks. So it gets a little bit more complicated, but essentially you're telling uh, the application system events, which is the, the app that handles all the all the all the other processing in the background in the background on OS 10, you're gonna tell to click 
uh, a menu item in a menu, which is bookmarks, in a menu bar. Which is a bit of, you know, complicated way of explaining, but hey, that's Apple script, not my fault. So, uh, yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, basically, you can build this script to, yeah, to click a bookmark in Google Chrome. You can give it a keyboard shortcut. You can achieve the same functionality of Safari. You're gonna be happy because you're not using Safari. You're gonna be in Google Chrome. And you're gonna have the same shortcuts, which I guess it's a win-win scenario. So everybody's happy. You're not using Safari. And awesome. that's my tip. Thank you, Federico. And I found all of the links and they will be in the show notes, including the link to Mac Stories to explain how to do both um, to do these these shortcuts with uh, Chrome for um, on uh, the Keyboard cool. Maestro and Apple Script. So I think that we come to the end of the I episode. So. Thank you, guys. It's been I've had a lot of fun again. Uh, just, I love this show. It's uh, a, a lot of fun to record. So let me round up and to, tell our listeners where they can find you. So you can find Stephen. He writes his lovely weblog at 512pixels.net. That's 512pixels.net. And he is on Twitter and app.net. He is ISMH at ISMH. And Federico writes for maxstories.net. And he is Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. That's at Vitici. And I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Prompt. We'll be back for episode four. So look out for that. Um, Subscribe to us in iTunes, please. We would like you to do that very much. And you can find all of the links to that sort of stuff over on 5x5.tv slash prompt. And if you want to find the links to anything that we've discussed today, you can find the show notes at 5x5.tv slash prompt slash three. So uh, anything else to say, guys, before we wrap up today? Yes, happy 4th of July if you are American. Um, Yeah, I think I'm going to buy something from Yves Saint Laurent, from a mom. Nice. It's a nice way, Another country nice way to celebrate um, the in American Independence Day in Italy is to buy a French handbag. For, from a mother, yeah. F- for a lovely <laughs> Italian mother. All right. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, guys. We'll be back next week. Thanks again for listening. Adios. Bye-bye. Ciao. Okay. So we go in a quick time and we hit stop. <clears throat> Uh, s-